the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob. Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Friday, I looked at the stock market, and I was like, whoa, that's a bit of a down day. And I kind of like those, because honestly, for the last couple months, last couple years, we're like, ooh, market's at an all-time high. Ooh, market's at an all-time high. Ooh, market's at an all-time high. So you kind of need those down days, in my opinion. You may disagree, you may agree, I'm not quite sure. Um, but up to you to decide on, like, do you like down days? Will the Fed raise interest rates or will they not? It's, the general consensus is that they're going to do it slowly. But how high do they get? When does the economy slow? When does the economy turn to a recession? Employment-wise, we're looking pretty good in the United States on paper. I don't know the reality of it. I don't get out and travel to every state in the country. I don't. I don't get to see all the, the backwater towns. I don't even know what backwater towns means. Isn't backwater when you kind of spit back in your soda or something like that? I don't know. Um, but the point being is that on paper, we look like we're going to raise interest rates. And that would give the Fed some ammo down the road if the economy does start to slow. Let's go back to zero. You'd prefer to be living in a world, I think you would, where interest rates are at 3%, and let's say economy's hot, they get a 3.5%, the economy's hotter, they get to 4%, economy's really hot, and breaks and slows down. They go back to 3.5%, back to 3%. But there's this thing right now like, oh God, one quarter of 1% is too much. I don't think it is. So, um, but that's the world we're living in. People get very, very freaked out when talking about interest rates. Because low cost of money has helped me. 
It's changed my mortgage payment in the last seven years, eight years. Um, a significant amount to the tune of $1,200 lower. That's pretty good, going from 4% roughly down to 3.2%. So today is Monday. Monday, Monday. Friday wasn't a good day. Monday's okay. Um, I think there's the news of the apocalypse is amongst us. The four horsemen have arrived, and the first one comes, and the second one comes, the third one comes. And I'm, are we talking about Hillary Clinton getting sick? No. No, 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 no. What we're talking is about Burger King has new product. And if you know one thing in the world is that Burger King is going to come up with something crazier than they came up last time. They've unleashed their newest weapon. We could take down North Korea with us. We could wipe out China and Russia in one fell swoop. Burger King is coming out with Cheetos chicken fries. Not just chicken fries. We're Americans. Cheeto chicken fries. It's an, it's an absurd new menu item. The dish features white meat chicken, similar to that of Burger King's original chicken fries, covered in crispy Cheetos-flavored breading. Now, again, as if chicken fries not enough, you have to add in the Cheetos-flavored breading. I don't even know if it's Cheetos, but it's Cheetos-flavored breading. The chicken fries are cooked to crispy perfection, so they tell me. I don't know what crispy perfection is, so I, I got to... You know, just kneel. Kaepernick's kneeling, I'm kneeling. I'm kneeling to the crispy chicken fries. With Cheetos coating flavored breading. The Cheetos flavored chicken fries are one of their newest items, obviously. Trying to get people in. Um, Trying to get people buzzing about it on the internet. Trying to get radio show hosts to talk about it. But Burger King introduced Mac and Cheetos. In June, which I didn't know we mac and cheese wasn't going to be good enough, but we had to have mac and Cheetos. They launched a Whopper burrito in August, which kind of rocked my world. When I saw a sushi rito, which combines sushi into a burrito, I was like, that's pretty good. And there's dolphin and sushi. We all know that, right? So the earth ran out of salmon years ago, and you're eating it. It's just no one's telling you it's dolphin. So we emptied our oceans. And that was the first sign of the apocalypse. Second sign of the next sign of the apocalypse is right now. Burger King coming out with the Cheetos chicken fries. Now, why are they doing this? What could it possibly benefit society for them to do this? It's the exact, it's one of the reasons that you have to learn again and again and again and again and again if you're going to succeed in investing. It's all about the millennials. Millennials go to work. They come home. And they spend money. That's um, according to my so-called life. Um, so you pay attention to them because they're part of the economy. Um, now, if you're a millennial right now and you're graduating high school, high school, what are the highest paid paying jobs uh, for high school graduates. College degree generally qualifies workers for higher paying jobs. Typical college graduate in the United States makes roughly $23,000 more per year than a typical high school graduate. So 
you have to look at college as an investment. If it's going to cost you $100,000 and you're going to make $23,000 more, it starts paying off in your 30s. Um, but if you are a high school graduate, I would say look for the best paying job possible. Don't be working at Burger King making Cheeto chicken fries because that ain't going to pay you a lot of money. Uh, but media and communication equipment workers, uh, people who work in the motion picture and video industry, more than a fourth of such workers live in the Los Angeles metro area. They can film work is consistent with a high-paying salary. But uh, finding somebody like myself who doesn't want to take the time to learn Adobe or Illustrate or any of those you know products out there, you can make seven thousand, seventy one thousand dollars. A very, very short amount of on-the-job training. So, um, a male superintendent, a majority of postmasters and male superintendents have no more than a high school diploma in the way of formal education. Um, such positions are relatively well compensated. A typical postmaster male superintendent makes $70,000 a year. Um, transportation inspectors, someone has to inspect all that transportation. They're making over $70,000 a year. Um, another job, or the highest paying job for being a detective is good for the high school educated. Um, elevator installer and repair, very well compensated at $80,000 a year. Um, and you don't need a college degree. So just throwing that out there. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I know you're saying, how do you get hired doing elevators? I don't know. But that's the one of the top paying jobs coming out of high school right now. I'm on Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy, please. Best thing you could do if you want to be part of the show is pick up the phone and give us a call. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A lot of attention to being paid today to what happened on Friday. Last week ended on a sour note. It was a big sell-off. Big enough to the point where I looked at my phone, I looked at CNBC, I looked at uh, my phone again. I turned on CNBC, turned on Bloomberg. I'm like, what's going on? Just kind of checking in. All major indices declined in the United States more than 2%. 3.4% 
3.1% for the Russell 2000. It's a big sell-off. It was something you would refer to as a fit of selling tied towards interest rate concerns. You had another Fed governor come out and say, you know, we, we shouldn't be interested. We could be raising interest rates. Again, it's all about that. It's just like, stop being the tease. Just do it. Um, I don't like it. I don't like the tease. The CBOE volatility index, um, which shows kind of anxiety, um, rushed up 40%. People trying to protect their high knees. A lot of activity fast. Foreign equity markets have lost ground today around the world. Oil prices down 2% to under $45 a barrel. I think they should be under $45 a barrel. And there's reports of increased political uncertainty following the revelation that presidential candidate Hillary Clinton has been diagnosed with pneumonia. Uh, if you take a look at the video that was released on the 9-11 event where she was attending, that she could barely walk. It does not look like pneumonia. Uh, and that's going to, you know, curry speculation pretty big time. Curry speculation? Is that, I don't know, uh, procure speculation? I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. I like the way you say that. So, taking a look at today's markets, again, kind of scary on Friday. Hillary Clinton might be dying, not to be dramatic, but if I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. It's very dramatic. But, um, you put all that together, last week's interest rate concern, a little Hillary Clinton-esque, a little market sell-off, a little winner we're going to get our, our pullback. Some analysts are calling for 12%, some analysts are calling for 14 some are calling for 20%. And we're down today? No, 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 no. We're up today. Um, I don't know how to spell resilient. It's probably R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T or something close to that. But that's what the market is. I can spell bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas. Um, I can spell Mississippi. Emma, cooker letter, cooker letter. Ah, hunchback letter, hunchback letter. Don't ask. Please, don't ask. Much of the rebound today came in last, right before the market opened. Atlanta Fed President Lockhart, not a Fed Open Market Committee meeting voter. He delivered a speech. He tried to steer clear of saying, will we or won't we? He said that he thinks the circumstances call for a lively discussion at next week's meeting. So the market has benefited enormously from lower interest rates. And some people would say, and I would agree with them, that we haven't been in an earnings-driven market. We haven't been in a revenue-driven market. We've been in a... Uh, corporate earnings engineering market. Not for the whole eight years, but for part of it. Um, so the market for its part is fixated on what Fed Governor Lael Brainerd will say today in her speech to the Chicago Council on Global Affairs roughly at about 10.15 Pacific time. So you do the math on where you are. Um, I hate the fact that media makes the Pacific timers figure out the math. They'll publish things on East Coast time, and they're like, just figure it out. This football game starts at 1 o'clock Eastern. 
figure out. So I'm doing the exact reverse opposite. Thank you very much. So will Miss Brannard strike a more hawkish sounding note? The door to further selling interest could open. Whereas a move that's a little more dovish sounding perspective could lead to a patently buy the dip rally, which we continue to be in. Treasury market's going to have to deal with some supply issues that involve both a $24 billion three-year note auction and a $20 billion 10-year treasury reopening. So that's a lot of money. That's being that's asking for a lot of money. And where's money going to go? Um, not a lot of economic data out of today of note. Some small M&A activity headlines. Monday is just typically the day that we get the mergers and acquisition news. Agrium and Potash are tying up. They're going to the chapel and they're gonna get married. You know, corporations are are viewed as, in the eyes of the IRS, people. So when I see two companies get merged, I think of it as marriage. Marriage. HP is acquiring the printer business of Samsung for $1.05 billion. Um, uh, what do you say to that? That would have been big news 15, 20 years ago. Those, those news items might have meant something on a different day, but right now it's it's kind of background material as we're thinking interest rates. What's on your mind? Interest rates. What's on your mind? Beer. What's on your mind? Interest rates. What's on your mind? Interest rates. So four out of five thoughts are on interest rates, it feels like. The other one out of five would be beer. Just saying. Um, 800-516-1220 calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, there's not a lot of great corporate news out there today. I'm going to be honest with you. Gas prices up four cents to 221 a gallon. Average price of gasoline, gasoline, petrol. In the United States is up four cents over the past three weeks to two twenty one. So there's a big survey, the Lundberg survey, that said the higher crude oil costs caused refiners and retailers to bump up their prices ever so slightly. Um, most expensive gas in the United States is gonna make you go boo. It's San Francisco at two seventy one a gallon. The lowest, Jackson, Mississippi. M I crooked letter crooked letter I crooked letter crooked letter I hunchback letter hunchback letter I um, buck 91, buck 91. Average in the United States, 239. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Coming up, I'm going to talk about some new ideas and some investable ideas. We'll take a break. Be right back. Now, 
back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Dallas Cowboys. America's team, right? You grew up thinking that. I grew up hating the Cowboys from about age 8 to 12, when I'm incredibly, incredibly vulnerable to marketing. Um... Dallas Cowboys have filed an action with a trademark trial and appeal board against one of its former players for using marks that have long been associated with the NFL team. So there's a former Cowboys running back named Sherman Williams. He played for the Cowboys in the late 1990s. You don't even remember him. Former Minnesota Vikings running back David Palmer. The duo operated under the Palmer-Williams group are alleged to be improperly using the Cowboys registered trademarks in association with a youth football academy. Mama. Don't let your boys grow up to be cowboys. Um, Carbon can be whatever he wants. I would adopt. If there's a real-life Cartman out there, I would adopt him. I would quit my job. I would, I would respect his authority and teach him how to be a great young man and turn into a great person for humanity. Um, so trademarks are important. I throw that out there because there's a lot of ways of looking at business. And, you know, a stupid story like this, um, kind of a washed-up has-been football player running a football camp, and the NFL has to protect itself. They spend a lot of money on those trademarks. They spend a lot of money on the marketing. They spend a lot of money on the advertising. They spend a lot of money on the players. They spend a lot of money on the TV contracts. Or they get a lot of money from TV contracts. It's probably a better way of saying it. Um, if you had that, you'd, you would protect it, too. I've got, seen, and this just makes you feel evil about the company. I've seen Disney sue nurseries, um, not nurseries like flower places, but nurseries like uh, where you drop off young kids. Is that what they're called? I think so. Just work with me on that. Uh, I've seen Disney sue companies that use like a, a, a Mickey Mouse. It's like a little, I'm going to go drop my three-year-old off. Hey, Jimmy, mommy has to go to work because she's... Uh, trying to make the the monthly mortgage and feed you and 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 take good love and care of you. I'm gonna drop you off here. And, oh look, there's a Mickey Mouse. And Disney's attorney's like, no, take the Mickey Mouse off. But mom. And then it turns into Ricky the Rat, because that's the only alternative to Mickey Mouse, Ricky the Rat. And it scares kids. Anyhow, and anyway. That's that. So you can see why brands and businesses spend so much money. Uh, it's big business. Big business. And you don't want, like, a daycare. There was a daycare last week in the news on Friday that a child got bit 12, over 12 times uh, because they just don't have enough staff to watch the kids. I'm like, are these human bites or these dog bites? Like, that's the, where I went with it. And do you want Mickey Mouse on your walls there? Probably not. If you're Disney. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He joins me on a regular basis. Talk financial planning issues with me. How does a CFP approach estate planning? Obviously, estate planning. Give me a real brief sentence of what it means. Well, estate planning is to if you become incapacitated, who's going to 
handle your affairs for you while you're alive. And then once you die, how do we distribute assets the way you want it, your charities, your kids, the least amount of probate costs, the least amount of taxes possible? The the issue with the CFP, the way that we approach it is attorneys tend to uh, deal with what the asset values are now. Okay. We'll project it way out into the future so that we know, based on normal life expectancies, here's what we're dealing with in terms of real estate values, retirement account values, stocks, bonds, and so that you can really truly deal with what it is. Because I've seen people that are worth $3.5 million at age 40, but the way that they're spending their money, yeah. they're they're dead broke by the time they're 80. So they, they spend all this money on these expensive estate planning documents where they're really projected to be poor in the future. It's fascinating that you say that because you're age 43 and a half million. That sounds great. It's kind of like NFL football players yeah, yeah. where they come out and by age 25, 30, they've got millions and millions, but they spend like they've got millions and millions. And yeah. that income stops and the outflow goes on and you know what happens. So once it's done, once people have you know started figuring out estate planning, um, what do we need to know about that approach to estate planning and then you know executing it into a trust per se? Well, first of all, it's really important right now that people take a new look at their trust, even if they've done it in the last two years, because the end of 2012 laws were changed significantly. The amount you could leave to your heirs changed. And now most people's trust force the funding of what's called a bypass trust at the first spouse's death. You don't have to have that anymore because the first person that dies, their amount can port over to the surviving spouse and which is, which is really, really great. The problem is, is that what if you pass away early? And your half of the community property goes to your surviving spouse. Then that surviving spouse remarries, right? And then all of a sudden, instead of your kids being named as beneficiaries, somebody else's kids or somebody else's family ends up with the money. So it's very, you've got to redo that because that bypass trust, you might, uh, I think Michelle Lerman calls it a Q-tipable bypass trust. Q-tip is a, a term that we, we don't need to get into, but it's really a protection trust so that you can still port that over but and have assets available to your surviving spouse, but your half of your community property goes where you want it to go hmm. you know, at, at, at your desk. So it's very important that people redo their trusts. Right. Um, and then while you're doing that, the thing is, is that the attorney might give you the trust, but you have to redo your beneficiary designations. So your retirement accounts might name your spouse as primary and then a trust is contingent. You've got to make sure that the trust that you have has the right language for retirement accounts called conduit or see-through language. If you want to leave money to charity and you want to do it, the best way to do it is with retirement accounts because the charities never pay taxes on that money. Okay. What I like to do is separate. If you want to leave 100000 to your church, then we put that into a separate IRA, that 100000 and name the church as the beneficiary so it doesn't screw up the the other beneficiaries in terms of being able to defer the taxes over their lifetime in an inherited IRA. Then we get into things like charitable planning and leaving a legacy, really going into the hopes and, and dreams of, of how you want to have your money work for you after you die. What is a charitable trust? It's it's a Basically, it's a way that you can take a, a low basis asset that you want to sell and get income from. You put it into the trust, you get a tax deduction. You don't pay the, the capital gains tax currently at all. You get a tax deduction instead. You get lifetime income. And then when you pass, whatever's left over in the trust goes to your favorite charity. And there's no estate taxes on that money. So Uncle Sam gets cut out of the picture, and you use some of that income to fund another irrevocable life insurance trust that buys insurance on you so that your kids get that same amount tax-free. Everybody wins except Uncle Sam in that one. So if people are you know have charitable intent and low-basis stock, what um, happens? It's, so, it's such a great planning tool. 
what happens if you fund a charitable trust and then the stock market tanks and whatever you gave them, like let's say XYZ stock goes from 500 to 5, mm-hmm. is there a ramification? Um, there's no ramification. It's just that t- you typically you you get a percentage of the income, so five or six percent. Mm-hmm. And so if it, it tanks, you're going to get a lower income from it, unless you have some sort of a. Um, there there are ways to get guaranteed income out of them. Um, some of the alternative products that we've talked about before, but usually your charitable trusts are going to be um, very balanced portfolios. You know, not a ton of risk because you're gonna you're really going to want the income and you want to have money left over for your heirs. Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton. He does a show here on the station from 1 to 2 p.m. If you want to get a podcast of this show, you can find that at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. I highly endorse, I highly recommend. His knowledge base is totally different than mine. That's why we work well together. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Ron Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, we talk about Target. Woohoo! Target's hiring. You want a job? They're going to hire 70,000 people for the holiday season. Um, I wouldn't mind if I had to. I don't have to. But if I had to, I'd work weekends, uh, picking up an extra job. I'm one of those people that I believe in getting ahead so much more, um, than anything else. Um, and... No, it's probably not what I dreamt growing up, but if I had to, I would. Target says it's going to hire 70,000 seasonal store workers. It also plans to hire an additional 7,500 people for its distribution facilities, which ship online orders. Um, Amazon's obviously doing the same exact thing. And to me, I would look at it as if I'm trying to make ends meet, if I'm in college, maybe do a little networking, maybe kind of learn how to play the game. All things consider as far as uh, business goes, right? Gasoline prices up four cents, two twenty-one a gallon. I think that's incredibly cheap. One of the reasons I'm not a big commodities investor, I'm not saying I'm not a big like Exxon Mobil or Chevron Texaco, but a pure commodities is that sometimes commodities tend to fix themselves price-wise, and what that means is when oil gets too high, people go. Can't afford it. Can't drive. When oil gets lower, they're like, sure, let's all drive. Oil, gasoline prices haven't changed a lot in my lifetime. Um, If you take away the highs and take away the lows, they haven't changed a lot. Of course, there's been some short-term spikes up, and of course, there's been some really low bottoms. Um, Higher crude costs have caused refiners and retailers to bump up their prices. You can find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Boy, if you're StubHub, you are salivating at the idea of the Cubs getting into the World Series. Um, because the scarcity of it. If you go to like New York, Boston, um, somewhere along those lines, you'll... You'll go, yeah, I was there in the 86 year. I was 92. I saw the, the 96 team win it all. Um, people have opinions, right? Uh, they'll, they'll go out of their way to tell you that they saw the best team ever. But in Chicago, they don't have that. It's a lifelong situation. So supply and demand. I'm one of those people that I don't mind taking advantage of a bad of a, of a key scenario. And, for instance, uh, this year the San Jose Sharks got into the NHL Finals, so the Stanley Cup Finals. And as soon as it was announced that they kind of got in, I went on, I got tickets from Ticketmaster. Because Ticketmaster typically doesn't start selling the tickets until a team clinches. Or you can buy them earlier than that with the hopes that they go. I think some teams have different rules on, you know, when they release tickets or not. And for instance, San Jose may not have made it. They're only leading their series three games to one or three games to two in the Western Conference Finals before the Stanley Cups. But Pittsburgh had already clinched. So I went in and started buying Pittsburgh tickets uh, just in case me and some friends wanted to fly to the East Coast and go to a Stanley Cup final game kind of thing. And then I decided there's no chance I want to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh smells like urine. It's an armpit of a city. It's, it's the, People leave the city. People don't go to the city. People leave the city. It's not quite like prison, but it's, it's, it's way up there. I once went to Pittsburgh to visit a friend, and you sit in a bar like waiting to meet someone, and you honestly think that people are made out of stone and that they're going to like kill you with their eyes. Um, it's a tough crowd is what I'm getting at. So anyway, so for the Cubs, oh, long story short with Pittsburgh parents, I ended up buying tickets for, I, I think their face value was 200 and then sold them for like 1200 plus. Uh, because people are like, I want to be, I, I'm from Pittsburgh. I want to be there when they win the cup. Um, so I'm not saying that's a business model. I'm not saying sometimes you're not going to get burned. But the moment I see the Cubs potentially in the World Series and tickets potentially on sale. I I, I would think that's going to be a pretty scarce ticket. Cubs Nation is million strong, and even though the team hasn't appeared in the World Series since 1945 or won one since 1908, um, people dream. And when they dream, they're like, "Well, if the Cubs go to the series this year, then I'm buying tickets." How do you put a value on an experience that you have long been anticipating? has never happened in your lifetime and may never present itself for years to come. I think there's, and please don't get mad at me, men, I think there's 30 baseball teams. Um, so let's just say, call it 33 and say your odds of going of winning the World Series, it's not 3%, but one team's going to win it this year, right? Some people refuse to consider that. Um, baseball gods can read minds. They know the mentality that 
people are having right now. And like companies like StubHub are just, they are licking their chops. Besides waiting until any potential World Series moment is upon us, um, that's how the market works. The stock market works that way, too. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Last year when the Cubs made the National League Championship Series, the online ticket marketplace StubHub, they sold real tickets for Game 1 of the World Series at Wrigley Field in anticipation of the Cubs making it that far. The company had to refund the money when the Mets beat the Cubs and went up to the World Series themselves, but not before it got pretty pretty good sense of what fans would be willing to pay. The lowest price for a ticket was 2300 The average was over $3,000. And they get something crazy like 10%. Oh, StubHub makes... I... Yesterday was a, a national holiday for a lot of men. The opening of football season. Maybe it's the opening of fantasy football season. Sorry, guys. I'm not in your club. Um, I'm a manly man, but in other areas, not vicariously living through uh, football players. Um, but when I see the people that go to football games... They don't exactly look like they have all their teeth. And they spend a lot of money. It's really not an affordable sport for the average person. And then I can't think, okay, in 25 years when this guy retires, can't work anymore, which trailer park is he going to be living in? A nice one in Santa Rosa? What's it going to be? There's nothing wrong with trailer parks. But I always go back to the thought of what did you envision life as a kid? Probably going to college. Probably marrying a beautiful or strong or loving spouse. Having two, maybe 2.2 children. Maybe three children. Um, I get it. I get it. I get it. And then there's the reality that none of that actually works out or she divorces you <laughs> takes half your money and goes on to marry a butcher down the street a dentist down the street and you end up moving into a trailer park ta-da life didn't work out quite the way you wanted it to anyhow and anyway you can find me online at robblackshow.com it's robblackshow.com twitter robblackshow youtube robblackshow uh, I'm Rob Black talk to you shortly is gone I try to reach for another soul so I can feel whole oh give some love oh give some Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.